Trade Talk, powered by Travis Perkins. Hello and welcome to Trade Talk. This is a podcast for anybody who is in the trade or thinking about joining the trade. It is full of great tips, some really good subject matters that you might find helpful or even relatable as well. Joining me today is Carl and Jake. Guys, if you'd like to introduce yourself, Carl first. Hi, Sally. Yes, my name is Carl Conway. I own a building company in Sale, Manchester, KLC Builders. Been trading for a fair few years now. And Jake. Hi, Sal. Yes, uh, my name's Jake Keenan, and I'm a branch manager within Travis Perkins Bills Merchants. Been with the business between five and six years. And my name is Sally Wallace, and I am the wife of a builder for 15 years now. <laughs> I actually went really down then, didn't I, when I said that? It was a really bad thing. <laughs> Do you know what's quite interesting, though, is something that has been brought to my attention just by being with my partner. My husband's called Scott. You'll probably hear me talk about him quite a bit. Uh, we've been together for 15 years. He's actually been in the trade for 20-odd years now himself. Is that actually, as a tradesman now, he sort of sits uh, as a site manager. Um, he didn't ever start off as a, a tradesperson. It's not a sort of something that he aspired to do when he was uh, at school. He actually went to university in the end. And that is something that I find quite interesting with people who are in the trade just by you know, uh, chatting to the guys that work with my husband at the moment is it's not a career that a lot of people set out to do. I don't know whether this is similar for you guys as well. Yeah, I was lucky enough that a friend of mine's dad was a builder and uh, within the six weeks holidays of school, he always gave me the option to work, which was kind of like brewing up, sweeping up and obviously doing all your labour. Uh, and then from there, moving moved on to college where I did decide to kind of go into the trade but not knowing which type of trade so the first year was kind of a bit of a, uh, a college course on electrics plumbing bricklaying joinery and then after that you take the choice of which one you want to pick so did you do something similar as well then Jake um yeah so I came out of school went um usual route went into college and did a three-year diploma on sports science oh yours um, is totally different yeah. then as well so never never involved in building trade never come from a family background of, of um building joinery any any aspects of the of the work um i was at part-time at tesco at the time while i was at college became a line manager there um fancy a change in my life so found the apprenticeship scheme with travis perkins of a level three management and that's where my career started right so you actually started as an apprentice then with travis yeah as an apprentice about five six years ago now um jumped straight into it's it's a government scheme um that travis perkins jump involved on they get involved with um and it's Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's steadied the ship for me. It's taught me a lot within the building trade. I mean, you've been with Travis now for, what, five years, isn't it? And you've worked your way up through then, haven't you? Yeah, I've done the ranks. Um, started off as an apprentice for 18 months and then went into the tool hire side of things, went back into the branch depot and then worked my way up through the management system. Um, originally coming the tool hire manager in Altrincham. I've then gone back to Wimsley as the assistant branch manager and then um, operated a few branch branches in the northwest. And then currently in Congleton as a branch manager, so good. Yeah, well, doing well, and you've done really, really well. And for yourself, then, Carl. So you when you were working with a friend's dad then yeah. over the summer months, and then what made you think? Do you know what? I'm going to go because that's interesting. Because Jake's gone corporate. We could say corporate, couldn't yeah. we? Really, yeah. so he's gone to work for a business. But you actually thought, do you know what? I'm going to set myself up on my own. Yeah, it all decides on the person that you're working for. If you're a good lad, that you, you're willing to learn, and you know you hear things and you learn by things, and you're safer with everything. Then he gave me the option to go to college and learn Brit Lane. Now, he was a general builder, which kind of took on a bit of everything from the groundworks to the roofworks. So apart from maybe electrics and plumbing, uh, we had a bit of a, a different kind of trade in there. So I went to college, learned a few years, also had a few little jobs in the background as well, trying to keep going with money and that. And uh, yeah, you just learn what you, you learn. 
And if you're a good tradesman, you've got your, your head screwed on. I think you'll do well. See, that's interesting. So my husband, so I met my husband 20 years ago when he, when he was actually at university. And that's where he was doing business. He was doing business studies and art. And then this is going to sound a bit weird. Um, it was actually his ex-fiance's dad who was a bricklayer. And I think he'd moved in with them for a little bit whilst he was at uni. He'd met her whilst he was at uni and he moved in with them for a bit. And this is a uh, this is a guy who was still incredibly good friends with day. In fact, he did our extension on our old house. Um, and he just saw how he worked and how he was a lad from Salford who'd come from nothing and was living in a, a like a, over a half a million pound house and was like, hang on a minute, that's something to aspire to be. And just saw what was capable just by using your hands and... And, and customer service. I know it sounds crazy, yeah. but it's that customer service which is so key, isn't it, within the trade? Being able to talk to customers, having these conversations and spin plates. And I think that's what it was. That was it for Scott. That was the catalyst. And he basically went on the tools as an apprentice. And it is hard graft, isn't it? Mm-hmm. To start as an apprentice. I mean, I don't know whether you, obviously you're working for a friend. I don't know whether you had the same sort of experience, but you know, this is where, I mean, and I know this as, as a tradesman's wife, it's, it's very difficult to get people interested in the trade nowadays. You know, it's it's something that is to start from scratch and to get on those tools. It's something where it, it doesn't seem that sexy. Do you know, does that make sense? And I don't know whether this is something that you both experience as, as well, because you guys work with a lot of tradesmen firsthand. I personally think that they're not putting too much out there to help maybe new builders, new generation of uh, people coming into it. I mean, I was in the YTS scheme at the time. So do they still do that nowadays, uh, YTS? Different grants. Different yeah, CIT, probably different under a different umbrella, that. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's just, you don't really see younger boys or girls coming into the, the trade, but I presume they are out there, but you don't usually see a lot of it. I mean, the, the yeah. one that you did, the apprenticeship that you did then, Jake, with Travis, is any, do, do you get a lot of regular people, a lot of regular young people who are taking that opportunity? Yeah, so a lot of um, the calibre, say, that's coming through the ranks of, of apprentices is people that have never been in the industry. Right. Um, so that's something Travis Birkin, <clears throat> we definitely advertise and we definitely strive for, for that aspect of, of, of member of staff. We want to get new people through the ranks. Um, myself, personally, I've, ne- I've never laid a brick in my life. So I've I've never been a trade. Um, I am in the industry now. Yeah. Um, but obviously, same again. Going back to your points, I wouldn't know where to start to become a tradie if I didn't know someone in the game already. Um, if I didn't know a construction a company to go go and speak and get the confidence to go and speak to them, then I wouldn't know where to start. I'd go to college, and that's probably where I'd start off and go from there. I think it's difficult. I think it's difficult to builders, and I know this, you know, just uh, through conversation, it's difficult to try and get somebody who's hungry for it um, because it does come with its, should we say, hurdles because at the end of the day, if you're not working, you don't get paid, do you? So They do have uh, schooling that brings in construction, so I do know that they are trying to push it a bit more now because sometimes we get phone calls where there's um, work experience and you get the people that want to do that type of trade and they are trying bricklaying and they are trying joinery. So it is pushed a little bit more in school on the construction side. That's good to hear because unfortunately at the moment we live in a world of social media where everything's super glamorous and heavily filtered, should I say. So it's almost like we're living in a world where you'll be encouraged to almost live under a filter um, and be an influencer. And so really, 
and this is for both, you know, for, for guys and girls, really, it's the same thing. So unless you've got those turkey teeth, which I'd like to say quite a few builders have got turkey teeth nowadays. <laughs> Did you say yours are coming? Mine are coming oh, I love this. This conversation could take a whole turn right now. No, seriously, have you gone over and had a little bit of... I've had my hair done. Oh, I had no, my hair this done. is the I best hair transplant. Yeah, it's not it. I don't know if it's too much cement in your hair that makes it go, makes it go but yeah, wow. I did, I did go uh, slightly bald on top and then, yeah, had a hair transplant. This is uh, the best conversation. The company over there, so I got it at a really good price uh, and he's trying to help me go back to get my teeth done as well, which there is a lot of people going over. It, it's a lot of lads in the trade as well, yeah. isn't it? A lot of lads in the trade now are getting the hair done and they're getting the teeth done. So it's like turkey teeth and hair. And it's, it's, see, this is it. So this is where there is opportunity to make money in the trade. And I think that is, that's what a lot of young people think is, oh, I've got to do all that hard graft. And I think that's what scares people off is the fact that it is hard work. I'm not going to get paid a lot for it. But, you know, when you're starting out as anything, you can't suddenly just expect to be earning no, the, go the ranks. Yeah. Exactly. Go. And it's a bit of an old fashioned business in that sense, isn't it? And it's probably a bit of an old man's mindset of, you know, you've got to start at the bottom and work at the top, but you've got to get the skills to be paid what you're worth, I can only imagine, within, yeah. the, within the trade. Yeah. It's like you suddenly can't start fitting crazy bathrooms and making big money when you really are just on your plumbing course yeah. at college. It all depends on if you've got someone that's teaching you and putting the time and the effort to stop and show you what is happening on, on the trade. And if they're eligible to take that in, they'll do well. If you're telling someone to do a, a sand cement mix and you show them once and then the next time they're just not getting it and then you tell them again and the next time they're not getting it, it kind of says what it says. So the more you put into it, you do get a lot out of it. It is a hard game for your body and your mind, but you know, if you stick with it and weather, obviously the weather takes a big uh, influence on what you're doing, but you can get there and it is worthwhile. Oh, Especially if you're building your own house as well. That's it. You're not paying anyone else to do it. You're just putting all that effort and that equity into your own building. And you'll, you'll always get, and I think you'll always get people who try and take advantage of that as well, because um, this is so true when people go, oh, your husband's uh, a builder, isn't he? Thinking they're going to get a discount. Yeah, <laughs> if you've got a van, yeah. they want you to move yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when you are good and you just haven't got the time because your prices have gone up, yeah. you're just going to do less and less favours, aren't Friends you? Because rates, it's, it. it's yeah. money, isn't it? Yeah. And, that, and it's so important. Have you got any lads working with you? Have you got any apprentices We've at the moment? We've got a couple of lads, yeah, a couple of part-times and yeah, they, they seem to be well, the you know, the, the friends as well so it's kind of, you know, it, like we said before, it is hard to be a boss and a friend but, you know, if they've got their head screwed on, you don't mind spending that time and teaching them and, you know, hopefully they, they pick up and they do well and they are, yeah. Like you just said then, it's a challenge to get an apprentice, I think, because it's, yeah. um, it is, and this is pillow talk uh, from our house, it's, you want to get a young lad who really wants it but is prepared to put the graft in and my husband is all about looking after young talent which yeah. is I think it's so crucial because uh, how often have you heard oh it's a dry, dying trade it's mm -hmm. a dying trade and you could say that about all trades really couldn't yeah. you and especially when it comes to, I mean, the carpenters that my husband's got, are, I love this expression, mustard. I'm not, <laughs> look uh, at me, yeah. like it's new. <laughs> I've learned so, I mean, I'm not joking, being married to a builder, the amount of, ter like, my terminology, my vocabulary is expanded. Yeah. I didn't know what behind the door meant. Do you know, do you, have you ever heard of this expression? 
like do you, what do you think I'm behind the door and oh, yeah, apparently it means that you're really. not knowledgeable yes, or not like yet. you're a bit fresh or like do you think I'm a bit stupid Experienced. I have yeah. Yeah. yeah I have never heard of that in my life I've heard it, it briefly but uh, yeah not not many times no this whole behind the door thing it took yeah. me about a couple of years to actually say to my husband what does that mean <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't last five minutes as an apprentice believe me but he's he has struggled to get decent lads yeah. but not the ones that are just going to put in work but ones that aren't going to take pictures of themselves in customers mirrors up. yes and turn up and after turn a football up. game on a Sunday they don't turn up on the Monday and yeah. it just puts you right far behind if you've got like things like steel to lift and things to move like you were mentioning that it just delays and then you've got machines that can cost you more because you delayed on one person not turning up if you can count on them and they're very faithful and they're trustworthy which is a big thing because if customers give you the keys to the house you're, they're giving you like the keys to the life as such because what they've worked for in that house you've got to protect yeah. and the security of it so it does make a difference if you've got a, 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 a lad that doesn't really care that much it's very personal isn't it if you something. think about it yeah. it's a hugely personal thing to give somebody else the keys to your house mm. I mean in a relationship a it's like like a massive mm. sort of uh, uh, like almost ceremony really when you pass mm. the keys over to your other half but to give them to a, 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 I suppose a stranger yeah and then you're right that you've got to trust them in there. And then and- you live with them for about six months and you're best friends. <laughs> <That's it>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll get on to things that you've seen later. <laughs> That's definitely a topic. <laughs> Trade Talk. Powered by Travis Perkins. One subject which I think that is, uh, you know, definitely circulates the trade an awful lot is uh, bookkeeping and keeping receipts. Um, we we've got a van. We've had quite a few vans actually. We've got goodness me, I've driven every van that we've had. By the way, as well, I could tell you all about our vans. Uh, vans are a subject in themselves because if they're breaking down or you know you've got them on lease or whatever, it is they could just yeah they can consume you. You transport to and from site. They are the workhorse of the. Oh the, goodness me! You can't pick up from the merchants. You can't. Oh, they just deliveries are great. You know, you've yeah. got deliveries from Travis now that can high up things over to areas that you wouldn't afford and onto scaffolds. So, you know, you've got all that. But the vans are very oh, important. We yeah. will have to touch on vans at some point in an episode. But one thing I really wanted to touch on today was accountants and bookkeeping. And I can only imagine this is for yourself, Carl. Really, is keeping those receipts and keeping everything in order. Is that something that you do yourself, or yeah. have you? Yeah. And, and that's a challenge, isn't it? It is. Yeah, you've got to be in order. You've got to be pretty much precise of where jobs have gone what you're paying for uh, and, and and counting for everything because at the end of the year you need to pull back what you've put in do you use anything like quickbooks i think because i know that a lot of people are starting to use quickbooks and they have an app on their phone don't they if they're self-employed not necessarily if they're a limited company i don't know how that sort of works with the two um but i think some people tend to use like a quickbooks app and then they actually run it by an accountant at the end of the year or is yeah. it something that you do solely by yourself i'm a bit old school with everything still on the yeah, laptop yeah. and excel sheets and i'm every number as a receipt and then my accountant takes it but yeah they are pushing you into the easier way That's for it. us and possibly for the accountants to to do all your books for the inland revenue I have to go around looking for receipts constantly mm. I find them everywhere in the glove box they end up in the uh, like all over the place under the yeah. under the mats of the car I'm like oh my god is yeah. another receipt so I'm, I'm always scrolling around for receipts to give to the to, I'm going to say secretary then but it's actually my mother-in-law so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> believe me you do she not want her. you do not want her on your back she's like Roz from Monsters Inc you know <laughs> that snail thing oh my god I hope she doesn't listen to this um, and then Jake as well from your side of things you've got invoices so you will have clients that need to pay their invoices and I know it's probably not a department that you're in at the moment at all but I mean just chasing 
your customers because your customers are trade guys aren't they yeah it's a massive thing in branch um, we obviously have a dedicated credit control team so in our head office we have a big cluster say of people that'll chase customers for invoices they'll chase suppliers for invoices but it also has a detrimental effect in branch because when that customer hasn't paid their invoice and they're expecting a delivery from the branch but the account's on stop so we cannot release them goods there until they've paid the bill so it's on our force, should we say, to go and chase that customer for the bills or the suppliers in essence, because if we don't pay the supplier bills, we don't get this, the goods that we need to supply the customer. So it can uh, actually have a knock-on effect ways, on the yeah, whole on, the, on, on yeah, your whole department massive, then, really, yeah. can't it? It's, it's a certain day. I think it's the 12th of every month we send our obviously invoice bills out to the customers. And then they have, a th- I think it's a 30-day rolling contract, depending on what um, they're signed up to and what credit agreement they've got in place with us. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely... And it has an impact on the branches and the staff within the branches at the time because the customer's chasing the delivery, not realising that the account is on stop. So we can't release them goods until the account has been paid. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's I a, think that kind of turns around to the the builder itself then it needs to get the payment from the customer yeah. to work to, to, knock do, on effect. to pay the materials. Yes, because massively. if something goes wrong with the customer, an illness, or yeah. maybe they just have something in the sleeve that they don't want to pay, then you've still got to pay their merchants because you're just going to put us on stop if if they don't pay. So, you know, certain builders have stage payments where they'll get it to certain points through building inspectors and then they'll get a a payment for that. So I would kind of use the customer's money by saying, uh, let's say it's the building work of the brick lane. We would expect the the materials and the labour for doing that job and then we can pay direct and get that paid out. So if there's ever a problem, at least the merchants are not yeah. going to put us on stop and we have to start looking elsewhere and then not getting better prices for the merchants because they don't know us. You know, you can walk into a normal, any merchants and they'll give you maybe a, a certain rate, but then if you're used to going into Travis Perkins and they you, you spend so much with them and you, they know you, you're going to get better rates, but you so still you, need to pay them bills. So you've got to build relationships then, haven't you, yeah, with definitely. with your suppliers and your customers mm. at the same time to kind of keep it all, so I, 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 like the nice equilibrium almost. Yeah. I know that sounds a little bit out there, but it is, you've got to keep everything, all these, again, plates spinning constantly mm. to get things moving. And I suppose, Jake, from your perspective, you're going to be familiar with, you know, tradesmen and you're thinking, oh, hang on a minute, he's not going to pay. You know, are we yeah. going to give him X amount? And I hate to say that, but unfortunately, it's business, isn't it, at the end Definitely. of the day? And then, you know, from uh, from a builder's perspective, you need that customer to pay. Yeah, you do. have. I mean, like they say, you know, you've seen all the, the TV programmes, you have cowboy builders, but you also get cowboy customers. Well, that is an interesting subject in itself, that. because sometimes, um, and I do watch, I, I don't watch much TV, but when there is something on about building, I find myself, and you probably do as well, you find yourself watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all know how things can be edited nowadays. Mm, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But do you find that sometimes that builders can be painted in a bad light? And you just said it then, cowboy customers. Do you find that with the the program was yeah. called, there was a program, wasn't there, called Cowboy Builders? Yeah, yeah, do definitely. you find that sometimes it can be the customer that could be a little bit shady? Can we say that word? Yeah, yeah, you can. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, uh, you know, very rare. I've had it once, but very rare that's happened. Um, but yeah, you can find uh, different problems with customers that you know if, if everything's not written down on paper then yeah you you can lose it's your, it's, you know, it's at the end if they do but you, when advertising for like cowboy builders there's a lot of it but then they don't hear the good things that go on so when a, a yeah. customer has a job done and maybe it could be late or maybe there's there's odd little things going wrong they, they kind of look at that 
too much into detail, but when they look at other people that have been ripped off and aren't getting the build or aren't getting it finished, then it's a nightmare because then you've got to take them to court or however it happens. But So people see the bad side, but they never see the good side of the build. So a good builder never gets recommended. Well, not recommendable, but gets yeah. talked about. It's always the bad side of it. But I also think there's a stereotype about builder's bum. I mean, there you go. Builder's oh, yes. bum. There you go. That's it. It's almost like... Tesco well, <laughs> but it's almost like builders, there's a stereotype of overweight builders with a big bum hanging out who just drink Builders, builders brew does exist, by the way. It can be quite toxic. Um, and like a bum hanging out and and just sort of like heavily overweight and always running behind themselves. Yeah, nowadays our builders are having their teeth and their hair done. Yes, <laughs> so yeah. it's not it's not the reality, is it? No. And that's where I do think that builders can be painted in a really bad light. And not mm-hmm. just builders, but tradesmen. It's, it's almost like they're painting the trade out to be because it is that bit old school. Doesn't mean that it's completely archaic. We know that by these lads and how well they look nowadays. You know, I think some trades lads have actually got massive TikTok accounts where they're dancing on sites, aren't they? The high vis and everything. A lot of it is on social media as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it goes against the reputation. So a lot of the the good builders will will do. 99% of the work will be top draw work. But that 1%, all it takes is for one negative comment on on Facebook or et cetera, et cetera. Um, And there's a big knock on effect then. When you can't get a decent builder, what happens is you tend to go, someone else will come in and they'll say, oh, yeah, I can do it, I can do it, I can do it, when they've never really done it or their work's not up to it. So what they'll do is it might be a cheaper price they've took it, thinking it, they're going to mm. get the same stuff. But yet when they've had the job done, it's just a, a horrible job and they've lost out rather than waiting for the right person. It's experience and knowing and doing your homework and checking out the builder and what work they've done in the past, how long they've done it. If a plasterer comes up to me and says, yeah, I'm a plasterer, it's like, well, how, how many years have you done it? It says it. You see, this is it. There's so much that needs to be taken into consideration nowadays in the trade because realistically, you are salesmen, you're marketing, your customer services. There are so many different hats that are all embroiled into one. Um, and you've still got to keep that smile on your face in the pouring rain whilst you're outside digging trenches. Yeah. <laughs> right. So thank you so much for joining us today on Trade Talk. Carl. Been a pleasure. Jake. Thanks for having us. Make sure that you join us for episode two, where we are going to be touching on subjects such as getting your tools together, tool hire, as well as insurance, company insurance, a liability insurance and managing your team, but not just that, managing your customers as well. Thank you for joining us today and we hope to see you again very soon. Trade Talk, powered by Travis Perkins.